Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests, and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Are you stuck in a quagmire of poor cash flow and or high stress and not sure how to move your business to a new level of profitability? Break the barriers that are blocking your business from expansion and growth and begin to live your dream now. Welcome to Dr. Doug Radio, where you are taught marketing and growth strategies from the experts. And here's Dr. Doug. Good morning, folks. This is Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I've got a fellow by the name of Clay Neves, and he is president of Personal Sales Dynamics. He's actually a friend of mine. I had an opportunity to hear a presentation from him last week, and I was so impressed that I thought, man, I've got to get him on the show. So, Clay, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Doug. Glad to be with you. Oh, you bet. And hey, let's let the audience know a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, kind of a history of where you've been and and where you are now and really the focus of what you're doing now for the small business owner. Okay. Well, you know, I started my sales career when I was 11 years old, Doug. My mom thought I needed to learn how to sell, so she bought me a little suit, a box of uh, greeting cards, taught me how to introduce myself to people and sent me out in the neighborhood to sell cards. And uh, that was my first sales job. Uh, Since then, I've been mainly in sales all my life, mostly in sales management for the last 30 years. Uh, I cut my teeth, really, in the uh, uh, large uh, call center background, uh, starting in 1985, and worked some of the largest programs in the industry for companies like Citibank, uh, AT&T, Pacific Bell, etc. Big names back then. GT Sprint. They're no longer the same corporate entities. Things change. But I, I had the opportunity to work with some of the best direct marketing and direct sales professionals in the industry at the time and learned a lot. Uh, one of the things that uh, I was amazed at is the ability that once you have a sales process tested, validated, and it's working consistently, you can virtually duplicate that sales process and have it pay for itself as it duplicates. So we took some of our projects, for example, from maybe 10 stations up to 160, and then two uh, shifts of 160. Uh, and, and the multiplication was just amazing. Um, for the last probably 17 years, I've been mostly focused in the uh, professional training 
and development area professionally, uh, computer training, uh, programming training, uh, uh, corporate leadership training, sales training, uh, business training, those kind of, of companies. And I've had a lot of success in putting together sales models for them in selling training and development for business people. Um, I took one company's seminar channel from about uh, $300,000 a year. They were doing about 40 seminars a year to 3.5 million and, uh, you know, about 250 seminars a year with a staff of about four other trainers uh, and, and seminar presenters. And in the course of all of that, we earned an Inc. 500 uh, award for the company. And four years uh, after that, the four subsequent years, Inc. 5000 uh, awards. And so this, this model of being able to duplicate sales success and grow companies by doing so is, is really my passion. Um, somewhere in there, I also served as a Chamber of Commerce president and fell in love, particularly in working with small business owners and helping them understand how to sell. And I found this huge need for people who were starting their own businesses because they're, they're usually coming, Doug, and I don't know if this is your experience, but from a non-sales background. Absolutely. And they come into their business, and now they're really good at what they do. But now they have to sell it as well. And so at first, they want to do it, but they don't have any clients. So they have to start talking to people. And they start talking to people. They get a few clients and get busy. And then because they get busy, they don't sell anymore. And because they don't sell anymore, pretty soon that work runs out, and now they're starting at ground zero again, having to find clients. And they go through this never-ending cycle of selling, fulfilling, selling from scratch now because I don't have a pipeline to fulfilling. And they go from boom to bust and boom to bust, and their income is never consistent. And they earn enough to keep the business going, but they don't ever get it to where they can keep it growing because they don't have a focused sales strategy. Okay, I want to stop you there for a minute, Clay, because as, as you're talking about sales, and, and I know that there are some other things you're including in that, and I think it's important for the audience to understand that as you're talking about sales, you're also talking about marketing. Is that a fair statement? Uh, yeah, and there's basically three aspects to it. Number one is attracting new clients. Okay. Number two is engaging and converting them. Uh, so attracting prospective clients, engaging and converting them to paying clients. And the third aspect of it is retaining them as continual clients and repeat clients and referral sources and advocates for your business. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that a bit because, as, again, as you and I were chatting, really the whole key is is how do we help these small business owners to grow their business? And and as you were talking, you, you've kind of mentioned three things. I kind of put down four. I figured engaging and conversion may be two separate things. But really the attraction, first of all. So as you're working with a small business owner and you want to first focus on that attraction, that attracting new business, what are some of the key elements that you share with that business owner? What are some of the things that they absolutely need to do if they want to be effective and successful in attracting new customers? Excellent question, Doug. And you know, in today's um, uh, internet-based society, a lot of them look at, okay, I've got to get on Google Ads, I've got to get all this internet marketing going, SEO, SEM, pay-per-click, blah, 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 or Facebook. And I say, no, let's start at the other end. Uh, the most, or the least expensive and most responsive uh, leads are generated from your current client referrals. And so we start with your current clients in campaigns that help set them up not only for repeat business, because that's, that's the easiest business to get if you set it up right, but how to get referrals on a, on a uh, continual basis from those people who have already made the decision 
who already know you, like you, and trust you, and have already paid you money. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't know what your experience has been with that, but that seems to be, particularly with a small business owner, that seems to be the one area they never focus on. Or very rarely focus on, and yet it is probably one of the greatest pools of income for them that they could possibly imagine. Well, it's a huge untapped market. It's like they have this huge pool of oil underneath their business that that is their their current bank of business and past business, and and they just let it sit there while they drill holes uh, in far off places to get new leads into their business. the key to all of your future leads are your past customers and current customers. Uh, number one, you want to go after people that are like the current customer. So we've got to know who these people are. And more importantly, we have got to find out why they bought. It's a simple question, but it's one that a lot of business owners, I'm surprised, don't even ask. Uh, and, and let alone ask, they don't ask themselves, let alone their clients. It's better to ask yourself, why do my clients buy from me and think it through? It's even better to go to them. And in a conversation uh, that, that I have uh, trained my clients on, it's a, it's a very relationship-building conversation they have with these clients. But they ask the client, why me? Why did you choose me over everybody else you could have gone with? And we take that language that we get from the clients and we use that language then to craft our marketing message to people outside that pool to attract people like those people who have already purchased from us. Not all of them that have purchased from us because we all have clients that we probably don't want to duplicate. But are there 10? Ten clients that you have that you say, send me hundreds more like them and I'd be a happy person. Well, we get their language together and we mold that together into your marketing proposition and we'll attract people like your best customer. Well, you know, I'm sorry. And it's interesting what you said, because really, as you talk about your existing database, your existing clients, and the reason that becomes so key is because every time you bring in new clients, they become a part of your existing clients. And so if you have that program really in place, uh, then it makes a big difference. Now, I, I sold real estate for a while years ago, and I remember uh, one of the things they talked about was what they referred to as a 30-touch program. So as as you work with your clients from the perspective of really developing, redeveloping those relationships with existing clients, using them in some respects, as you're talking about, kind of as a focus group to, to give you an idea of what are the words, what are the, what are the reasons that they came and used you. What, what are some of the systems that you find work so well from a standpoint of the communication, staying in touch with them? How often do you recommend to your clients that they do? And what type of messaging do you do? I've, I've seen some that kind of go overboard and it gets to the point I'm sure you've received too many emails from some people. On the other hand, there are those that just don't send quite enough. So based on your experience, what do you find is a good format for an individual business owner as he starts to develop that internal, what I refer to as internal marketing, uh, for his existing clients, what do you find is a good format for staying in touch and what type of messaging should they include in that as they continue to develop those relationships? Uh, it's a good question and it varies from business to business. Each one is different as I found. Uh, you know, marketing, depending upon what you offer and who you offer it to and what marketplaces you're in and, and uh, the competition, etc., cetera, uh, will dictate those things. Uh, sales and marketing is really all about testing assumptions and testing and innovating. Uh, and so if you're starting this kind of a program, we start out with some assumptions saying, look, let's start with, we're not doing anything right now, so maybe once a month would be better than nothing. So let's look at the campaigns that we can do in terms of driving uh, repeat business and referrals, put something together, and let's test it. Now, 
if you're not getting any pushback, if you're not getting anybody saying, would you please stop bothering me? You're not sending enough. You know that you're, you're re reaching the right mix by risking a few people saying, push, starting to push back and saying, please remove me from your list. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're not getting any of that, you can accelerate a little bit. The key, Doug, is relevance. If your message is relevant to your clients, you, you, can, uh, you can almost uh, email them daily. And by relevant, I mean that's something that they can use immediately that they value. Um, you know, and the more frequently you do it, the shorter it ought to be. The, the, the quicker it is for them to process it. Uh, and so there's a lot of ways to test these things, but we've got some standard processes we go through. First, by calling actually a personal telephone call to those top customers that you want to uh, duplicate. We use that marketing language then to construct the um, campaigns to the rest of your previous clients. And then we just start testing it, starting small, validating our assumptions, testing it until it starts to work in terms of driving revenue. And when we can replicate that and get the same results, then we can duplicate it. And when we start to duplicate it and we are getting consistent results, we can even accelerate that duplication. Okay, so you made an interesting comment, though, earlier. You, you talked about the fact that you need to know who your who your real demographic is because what what marketing plan or what sales plan you're using for one particular niche or demographic may not work for a different one and and i like the concept of testing i think so often business owners think that they're going to just do one thing and it's just going to work and if it's not working they actually kind of in some respects get discouraged and they stop Rather than recognizing that this is this is a, a world of, as you say, it's testing, really That's testing right. assumptions. If this works, great, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, then go back to the drawing board, create some more assumptions, create some different types of messaging, and keep testing. Here's one thing, though, that I find really interesting, and I don't know how you work with your clients on this. Because what I find is sometimes I'll sit down with a new client and we'll be talking about what they're doing for their sales and marketing. And I'll say, so how is this particular campaign going? And they go, well, it's going really well. Well, how many conversions are you actually getting from this particular campaign? How many customers are you actually converting into this campaign? And they go, well, I'm not sure. Because they don't have a way to measure that. How do you how do you help your business owners to understand how to measure the campaigns that they're doing from a standpoint of their sales and marketing? Well, Doug, the, the, the language of business is numbers. And if you're not quantifying your success, there's not really a lot you can do to change things. So you've got to measure everything in marketing. It's very scientific that way. Uh, so, for example, I want to make sure I know how many I'm sending to. If it's an email campaign, for example, I have... I have the, the uh, uh, critical points that I, I call them. For example, how many did I send to? Okay. Uh, how many uh, opened the email? How many opens did I get? What's the percentage between what I sent and what opened? Secondly, if they did open, what percentage clicked through to a landing page, for example? And of those that clicked through to the landing page, what percentage uh, actually, whatever you're measuring your conversion as, whether it's a lead that you're generating or an online sale that you're actually making, uh, eventually you're going to have to measure the end results in terms of the dollars that actually came in to your company from the campaign uh, and what the, the dollar per sale was. Uh, from there now, I've got all the metrics I need to be able to see where I can tweak this so, for example, if I'm sending out some, but my, let's say this campaign is, is not opening very well, well, then I know where to go. I go, I go to the email piece and see, or excuse me, the subject line, and see how I can tweak the subject line and test a different subject line 
so that I can impact the open percentage. If I'm not getting a good click-through rate, that usually means the copy of the email itself. So now I look at that and I test different copy to see if I can increase that percentage and, and, and set that at a higher rate. If they're clicking through, uh, you know, if they're not generating a lead or buying something, I've got to look at the offer. I've got to look at a, a lot of different things, but I can test those variables now and see how I can improve those things. And, and so over time, campaign by campaign, I build wisdom. I build knowledge about how to market to my clients. I see the things that I can consistently do as these become not assumptions anymore, but I'm making decisions based on data that, that I can quantify and that I can analyze. Does that make sense? Well, it absolutely does. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting is so many times I've heard some of these tacticians who I would say are your pay-per-click people and your SEO people and your Facebook and social media people and so forth will will basically say to a client, well, you know, you had X amount of click-throughs, so we're really doing well. You had so mm -hmm. many clicks. And, and I look at them and I almost just fall off my chair usually. And I'm going, right. well, great. You know, you had, you had 150 clicks or 200 clicks or whatever. I want to know how many clients came from that. And how many dollars per client? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is what's your conversion rate with all of the campaigns that you're doing? Right. What is the conversion rate that you're actually getting? And and oftentimes, obviously, the tactical team doesn't know because they don't have that information. The only person that will is your personal team, your administrator or whoever happens to be looking at right. that. But oftentimes they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to measure it. The, the good news is, Doug, is that we live in a time where there are so many good tools available to us a click away online where we can set up and integrate different pieces of our own marketing machine uh, online. For example, uh, I can integrate um, uh, an email campaign in a Zoho database, for example. They've got a free version that you can go online and sign up for. Um, you can run email campaigns. There, there, there are other versions that are, are very inexpensive and worth every cent of investment for, you know, as much as 12 to $25 a month. You can have a, a brain of your sales, uh, the sales aspect of your business. And uh, so it measures everything. And they've got all kinds of uh, integrations that you can use with different uh, uh, other online services. So, for example, uh, I'm I'm doing some free seminars. I've got Eventbrite as a, a tool I use. All my Eventbrite registrations go automatically into my Zoho database, and uh, now I can email them, and everything is measured. I then start an opportunity in Zoho. I can measure what stage of the sale they're on, and at any given point, I've got my funnel analysis that tells me what percentage is in each stage of the sale. Uh, complete complete uh, 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 metrics are available to me. Yes, That's and what I try to get my clients to understand. There's two aspects to really getting sales well. There's the quantitative aspect and the qualitative aspect. When you're analyzing what's happening, you've got to go to the numbers first. The numbers tell you where the problems are or where the opportunities are. They don't always tell you what those are. That's where the qualitative analysis comes in once they tell you where to look. So for example, like I said, let's say we're sending out an email broadcast and uh, we have a low open rate. Well, that's usually the subject line. So now we do the qualitative analysis on the subject line. And we have to think through, okay, why, aren't, why isn't this driving people to open? D does that make sense? Yes. And then we change that, retest it, and, and now we've got an improved subject line. And if we can consistently get a response that works there, we then start moving down through the process, each step of it, until we're tweaking that uh, percentage up. We, we tweak up the percentage that open. We tweak uh, up the percentage that click through. We tweak up the percentage that buy. We tweak up the amount that they buy on each sale. 
And if I can just incrementally improve by a few percentage points, each one of those, they compound each other, Doug. And doubling your sales results is not difficult if you, if you do it that way. Well, that's right. And, and you know what was interesting? I was visiting with a fellow one day that uh, developed, did pay-per-click websites and so on and so forth. And, and we were talking, working with a particular client, and, and we were going through that situation of, okay, let's, let's really look at the quantitative part of this from the standpoint of how many, how many conversions are we getting? And as I was looking at the administrator uh, for the company, I'm going, so how are you measuring where this is coming from? And they go, I don't know how to do that. And so I then sat down with the fellow that was doing the pay-per-click, and this was interesting. I said, so are you using call tracking numbers? And it's like, well, no. I know what they are, but I'm not using them. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Are you using dynamic number insertion? Which, for the audience, folks, what that means is that if you're using a particular pay-per-click ad or Facebook ad or whatever that happens to be or a specific email, when they go to do the call to action and actually give you a call, there are numbers that show up based on the particular ad that you're using so that you can go in to whatever company you're using for that, listen to them, and actually know which number they came from. Therefore, you know which ad was working and which one wasn't. It's even easier than that now with pay-per-click, Doug, in that I've got my my AdWords account integrated into my Zoho uh-huh. so that when they click and fill out the lead form and the lead comes into Zoho, the ad, the keyword, the ad group, the campaign, all of that information follows through right to their lead record. And when they buy, and I mark the sale in in my database, I I know exactly what keyword they used, what what ad they clicked through on, what ad group that was in, and what campaign that was in in AdWords. So there's so many tools right now that are really easy. One of the things I really like to do is just kind of give my clients the opportunity to say, look, you could you can at least track this yourself. If you want me to continue to do some of the work for you, I'm fine with that. But if you'd like to do it yourself, I can train you how to do it. And it, and the tools are getting more and more intuitive and easy to use. Well, and, and, and we've just been talking for the last uh, 25 minutes on really attracting, kind of attracting and, right. and understand. Right. So let's go to the next level. And by the way, this has really been great. I really appreciate what you're sharing with the audience. But when we start talking about engaging and converting, now that's a whole different ballgame. Because is, you can get as many leads as you possibly can if you're doing it correctly. But then... How many of those are you actually converting, engaging with, and converting to become customers exactly. or clients? 
Doug, I, I cannot, I'm surprised at the number of, of uh, clients I've talked to, talked to and taken on where they have a lead campaign going and what happens is they've, they've chosen, because it's kind of easy to do, that when the lead is generated, it's emailed to them. So now they're getting all these emails, as le leads as emails, and then they don't know what to do with them. And so they're not following up. And then they age. And then, you know, uh, why are you spending money on advertising if you're going to do that? They need to come immediately into a, a system where you can set up and they are automatically started on a, uh, a series of activities. For example, an email goes out, a call is scheduled, all automatically, so that somebody in your office goes to their scheduled call list and starts calling these people. Within, uh, within minutes or hours of, of when they submitted the lead. And um, that's what we put together, are the systems that allow that integration between the attraction part and the convert engagement and conversion. One of the things that is really good, whether you're getting referrals, and I work heavily with my clients on generating referrals because they, they're a lot less expensive to get, and they convert at a much higher rate than any other source of leads, usually. There are some exceptions, uh, but usually that's what we look at first. The problem is, how do we engage them? Okay, uh, And one of the biggest problems that we have is that we start selling them on what we do, what we put into the transaction, how we do it, uh, the the details of uh, of our uh, process, the detail of of what products we use, the you know all of the stuff they don't really care about. What they care about is one thing, Doug. I want results. That's what they buy. So when we focus that engagement on what we do, on what we put into the transaction we lose them. When we focus on what they can get out of the transaction, what results our clients get, we get their attention. You know, what's interesting, I, a couple of years, maybe even three years ago, I went to a workshop, a fellow that owns a major, major company of restoration of um, old buildings and actually restoration of those buildings that are historically important uh, and he's back east and and it was interesting because he was talking about how literally he has grown over the previous 20 years a minimum of 20 percent per year now you know you, you hear all of these people that oh yeah we just doubled in a year and so on and so forth but when you start going into years and years and years and through all of the economic upturns and downturns that we have if you can grow your business 20 percent per year you're consistently that that's amazing mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because he had a sales team like you're talking about and and here was something interesting that he talked about and i want to get your feedback on this he said that they had a rule for their salespeople, and that was is that they couldn't even start talking about the product until they had asked a minimum of 21 questions about the individual their lives and really anything that was pertinent to who they were, nothing to do with the product or even trying to sell them on anything. You hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. When, when I hire salespeople, Doug, in fact, um, I give them a challenge. This is kind of the culmination of our interview. I give them the challenge of selling me something. And the rule is they cannot make a statement. They can only ask questions. And the minute they make a statement, the game is over. And I really know how good they are at selling by how well they can play that game. Then what I do with my clients is not only get them focused on questions, but how many questions do I, can I get to the, how few questions can I get to the close in? 
In other words, we first convert them from telling to asking. And then we move the number of questions it takes to get to the close and tighten that up. So maybe instead of 35 questions, it may only take 21, for example. And then you've got a really powerful one. The other key to remember is that whatever we're offering, Doug, has no value whatsoever without the problem or outside of the context of the problem it solves. And so that's the only reason they're going to buy is if they see that what we're offering solves a problem or gets them from where they are to where they want to be uh, with, without being able to do that themselves. Well, and what's interesting is that, you know, so often I think people come into a conversation and, and, you know, you know this even in general, you know, you're talking to me and I'm not even listening because I'm just trying to figure out the next thing I'm going to say to you, right? And and that goes true with the salespeople too, is, all right, I got to make the sale, I got to make the sale, I got to make the sale. And they never take the time to ask those questions because in asking those pertinent key questions, you may discover that individual A has a specific problem that needs to be solved with your particular product. Individual B has a slightly different problem that your product will also solve. So if you try if you try to approach A with the B's problem or B with the H problem, it's not going to work. So you've got to learn to really listen and, as you yeah. say, really ask those questions until you get to the point where, all right, what is what is the problem we're going to solve for you, and how can our particular product or service do that for you? And and I appreciate what you're saying on that because I think that's key. And then we go to that last part of retention. Can I can I yeah. just say one more thing on, Please. on, on yeah. what we're talking about? Absolutely. Uh, I I think what's important, and you were mentioning this, if you could picture in your mind a Venn diagram of two circles, okay? One circle is my product, all its features, everything that it entails, okay? The other circle is my client's problem, or problems, I should say. You know, it could be all their problems, their 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 uh, conglomeration of all their needs, so to speak. As a salesperson, here's what I've got to do when I come in. I got to blend those two circles as much as I can, and where that overlaps, I call relevance. Okay. And if I take my sales conversation outside of that intersection, I'm losing them, and I'm losing the sale. If I keep my presentation and my conversation with the client within that bound, within that intersection of relevance, I'm selling. Now, that's where the benefit lies. The benefit does not lie in the product. The benefit strictly resides behind the eyes and between the ears of the client you're trying to sell. It exists no other place. Because outside of that human experience, there is no problem. There is no buyer. There is no money to be given to you. And so unless we are selling inside the head of our client, Focusing on relevance, that only exists in their head. The benefits only exist in their head. And a lot of people think that the most important thing that I I say in sales is what I say. No. Well, okay, Clay, then it must be what I ask. No. The most important thing in sales that you've got to tap into is what the client is saying to themselves about what you're saying or asking. Well, you know, and, and what's interesting, you, you talked about no like, and trust at the beginning. And, yeah. and obviously, one of the important aspects is how do, how do you have and help a, a potential client, a lead, to develop trust? 
And, and what I've found is that as you have that conversation, as you start talking and listening, actually more listening than talking, but as you start that communication of listening and listening to what their real problems are, what their challenges are, you're acknowledging that. What happens is all of a sudden, I think subconsciously, what they say to themselves is, you know, this person gets me. They mm-hmm. understand what my problem is. And all of That's a sudden, right. that trust level starts to rise. And when the trust yep. level is up there, then the conversion to sales occurs. Now, there's a couple of other things that, that uh, we need to inflect into the sales process. And number one is right off the bat, we need to make it about the fact, and this is what's good as far as uh, any way that you can get them to respond to you, you can remind them, hey, you're the one that filled out the form online. I didn't call you. So I want to go back to the time that you filled that form out, and I'm curious, what prompted you to fill the form? What were you hoping to accomplish at that time? And I'm putting them back in the, in the context of when they last took action about the need that they had. And I find out what that is, and I begin going from there. There's two ways to sell. One is product orientation, and one is what I call a coaching orientation. Okay? In a coaching orientation, um, and you probably coached people before, but the focus is on them and what they need to do, and they're having to justify their fit for the product rather than I, as a salesperson, am justifying the product all the time. Now, if I'm asking them questions about themselves and their needs, and even taking it away, just say, I, you know, I'm not sure that this, you know, we've achieved these results for other clients, but I'm not sure that you're serious enough about this that this would work for you at this time. And they're like, well, no, I'm serious. And, and you bring them right back into the need rather than trying to sell them saying, well, no, our, our product's really good. It really is. And, and you need this. And uh, rather than saying, you know, I'm not sure if you're ready. For, the timing is right for you right now, you know, in a particular way. Once you see that they kind of want it, but they might not, they might be uh, hesitating to make a decision take it away. You take it away and they go more for it. And, and they're like, no, 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 I, I'm good enough. I'm serious. I really am. You know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, and so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, of strategy to it, but in the, in the final analysis, what builds trust, you can't fake this. You've got to have a deep seated concern that you are helping them get over the hurdle of their own indecision in order to acquire something that they really want, that they really not, that they really need, but they lack the courage themselves to be able to commit. That's right, and that's so good. You need to help them get to that point where they have the courage to commit. Good. Now let's go to retention. Let's go to retention. And, you know, when we talk about retention, uh, that's an interesting topic because you have, depending on what your product or service is, uh, you may have a product that they need. You know, they run out. If it happens to be a product that they use all of the time and once they've used it, they've got to call back and get some more or order some more online or whatever that happens to be. So there are those particular products that constantly need to be reused. But there are other products, uh, such as, you know, what some of us do, where we may be working with a company and they reach a certain level, and and great, that's what our goal was, and then you're done. You're done. And yet, I believe, and and I think you do too, that the retention of those people, there's a reason why we should be retaining them, whether or not they are consistently coming back for more and more and more product. Right. Talk about that a bit. Well, we're all kind of familiar with the product life cycle. 
any product or service that we come out with goes through a life cycle. Uh, we introduce it, 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 it uh, increases in demand, uh, it, it reaches a point where you start getting diminishing demand and pretty soon there's no demand for it again. If we as business owners are not constantly innovating new products, uh, we're going to die as companies. If you're not constantly innovating new products and finding new products that fit the needs of your clients, you're, you're, uh, you're denying yourself a future. Uh, few businesses sustain indefinitely. Few product offerings sustain indefinitely. And so what we want to do is, is we have our cash cow business, our products that work right now, but we don't want to set on those laurels forever. Yeah, let's make sure we keep that business optimized and we've maxed out the sales and the marketplace in terms of what we can sell to our clients right now. We also then want to determine, okay, let's start testing new product offerings. Okay, so for example, uh, when I was doing the seminar sales channel, we were selling uh, bookkeeping certification and helping these people start and grow their own accounting and bookkeeping practice. Okay, well, we started to think about, well, what can we add to that? So we came up with a QuickBooks certification course. Bam, it took off like wildfire. We also then after that thought, okay, what else do they need? Well, a lot of them wanted to do taxes, but didn't, but needed some training in that. So we put together a really good tax preparation course. Bam, now they can buy a tax preparation certification course and be a certified tax preparer as well. Went off like like wildfire. And then we put together a marketing program because accountants aren't usually very good at marketing and sales. And so we put together the universal practice builder that taught them, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a college level marketing course that was specifically designed for the accounting practice. It took off like gangbusters. And so we just continued to look for new products that we could introduce, test, when they worked, bam, we threw them into the mix. And pretty soon they became the, uh, 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 the proven technology. They became the cash cows as well. And now we, could, now, now we were growing our, our cash cow product uh, mix that, that uh, just kept us growing as a company. And, and, you know, that is so key. And then the other element that comes to my mind is that all of a sudden – you're getting into this returning circle because as you're retaining these people and staying in touch with them, offering these innovative products and so forth, but also they're remaining clients or customers that now become part of your referral base. And you go right back to the very yep. first thing that we were talking about, which was your existing database, your existing clients. And all of a sudden, you just keep increasing that, and they're the ones that are referring to you. Hey, we're running out of time. You know, these, oh, okay. this discussion has just been so great, uh, you know, that it's, uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, but before we finish, a uh, couple of things. Number one, uh, we're going to have some audience here that are listening that are throughout the United States, but we're also going to have some, I'm sure, that are listening locally to where you're at. And you've got a workshop coming up next week, right? Yes, Doug. I'm having a, uh, a workshop here in uh, Sandy in my office. Um, it is called Be Irresistible. And it's about how to master the power of conditioned response to establish immediate rapport, to get the answers to the questions you want, uh, and to close more sales. Uh, it's how to stop triggering those conditioned responses that close down the sales uh, conversation and start triggering those conditioned responses that open up and keep the conversation going and on track toward closure. So how could people find out about that and register for that? Okay, Doug, the best place to go is online, H. HTTPS, and it's 
b-irresistible-workshop.eventbrite.com. Okay, great. And for people that are not local that want to be able to um, actually learn a little bit more about what you could do for them, uh, do you have a website or what's the best way to get a hold of you? I I do. My website is www.personalsalesdynamics.com. They're they're, uh, free to go there. I've got a lot of good material there uh, that they can get uh, learn a lot from. And uh, they can give me a call if they'd like at 801-792-7929 or email me at clay at personalsalesdynamics.com. Fantastic. Clay, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been really enlightening. And I know that the audience has gotten some good tips from this. And hopefully they'll get a hold of you. Uh, For those that are local, hopefully they'll go to that workshop. Guess what? I've signed up for it. I'm I'm looking forward to that next week. (laughs) So so anyway, thanks for joining us. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to us today. And uh, look forward to having you join us next week. This is Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Radio. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Doug Radio today. Call 800-260-1789 now for a free online business diagnostic analysis and a growth strategy session with Dr. Doug. That's 800-260-1789 or go to www.diagnosemybusiness.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.